Welcome to At The Table, the podcast for the SBC Women's Leadership Network. Join the conversations of a collaborative community of women from the Southern Baptist Convention family who long to connect, engage, and encourage one another as they serve and lead in diverse ways to impact the kingdom of God. Pull up a chair, grab your favorite drink, and listen in on what God is doing through women of the SBC. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of At the Table. It's Jackie King, and I am getting to bring you another story of a woman in leadership in the SBC. Today, I get to introduce you to a new friend, Mary Wiley. Mary, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. How's the day going so far? It has been a great day, a busy day. You know, it's a Monday, so Mondays are hard. Yes, we are recording on a Monday. So we were both talking about how, like, we are trying to get all the things done. So um, that definitely makes it a little bit more challenging. But I love that we get to stop in the middle of our Monday and chat through ministry and your story. Where are you recording from today? I actually am in the podcast studio at Lifeway, which is where I work. All right. Very cool. Well, why don't you give us a little bit of just get to know you, um, where are you from, how did you get connected to the SBC, and maybe even just how you serve? Absolutely. So I grew up in an SBC home. Um, We were one of those families that if the church doors were open, we were there. And uh, so I joke and say, like, I was at church in utero. And so we've just (laughs) always been uh, a sweet little First Baptist Church in Tallahassee, Alabama. It's out kind of in the middle of nowhere between Montgomery and Auburn. And so just had just the most faithful set of teachers and pastors. Our pastor had been, you know, he came when I was in first grade and is just now retiring. And so just really benefited from the love and teaching of people who were really faithful to Mm -hmm. the Lord. Um, And so loved, loved growing up in that environment and then also went to a Baptist college. So I went to the University of Mobile. So I kind of took my SBC background with me into college, um, served at Centricid during the summers. Oh, nice. Uh, throughout okay. college, and that was kind of my connection point to Lifeway. Okay. And All so, right. So uh, this is a burning question yeah. I have. Are Absolutely. you a Auburn fan, or are you an Alabama fan, or neither? Well, in Alabama, you are born into one or the other. Right. And so I will tell you, my mom was Alabama, and my dad was Auburn, but oh, my geez. dad won <laughs> over, and there are plenty of funny stories about my mom buying cute Alabama clothes and even as a two-year-old me refusing to wear them (laughs) (laughs) all right so (laughs) so are able to come together on Jesus that was good yes yes Yes. so okay I know football is um deep in the veins of Alabama and what are y'all called Alabama Alabamians I think but I could be wrong okay all right I'm still having to be coached through Arkansan and that's a new term in my my vernacular so very good okay so you worked Cinder Kid that's fun I did cross yeah. point um, oh, for yeah. a couple summers. So Love it. I was on the last Centric Kid cross point team. Okay. Uh, we were on a combo team. So I love that. I All love right. It. So let's start there. Maybe how did you decide yeah. that you wanted to work camp? Because obviously that was kind of the beginning decision that really got you a lot of the connections and experience to ministry that you're kind of serving in now. So as a young woman, what really led you to serve in camp ministry? Like, was there somebody that encouraged yeah. you to check that out? What did that look like? So I grew up going to camp. Now, we went to a lot of different camps uh, throughout my time with First Baptist Tallahassee. Uh, we, you know, visited 
centrifuge. We went to a couple of other ones and I wanted to be a centrifuge staffer terribly. Like I just thought it was the pinnacle of all things. Uh, But I also learned that I was too young to work. So Mm. um, there was an age cut off at the time. And so I started with Centrikid thinking, oh, this will help me understand camp. I'll kind of get a taste of camp, but then I'll move up to like real camp later. (laughs) And I'll tell you, I fell in love with kids ministry. I fell in love with the moment that you watch a kid's light turn on. Mm. Um, They're not old enough yet to think you're not cool. And so uh, they're willing to kind of have those conversations and answer your questions about the gospel and about what's going on in their lives. And and so um, it's something I ended up doing all through college and even came in right after college full time on the team that plans and and facilitates Centricid. Now, I had been an English and uh, theology major in college. And so my goal had always been like, I always wanted to write, wanted to do Bible study. I just wanted to write things that mattered to people uh, Mm -hmm. that could really, you know, the Lord might use to transform hearts. And so after about three years with Centricid, I moved over to editing with VBS and then with the Gospel Project and then went on to move to books. And I'm one of those people that gets bored pretty often. And so uh, <laughs> I like to know a lot about a lot of different things. And so have loved uh, just working at Lifeway and uh, feel like they support women so well, women in yeah. ministry and yeah. and allowing us to lead and to uh, shape the culture here. And, um, and so, yeah, so that's what I do. Uh, but of course, also um, have just recently released Everyday Theology. It actually, on the day that we're recording, it releases officially into the world today. Yes. And so um, that has just been out of the overflow. Honestly, Jackie, it's been so interesting to watch the Lord work, but it was not, of course, I set out and said, I want to write one day, and but it was not really ever the goal for this particular project to get out into the world. Um, I, of course, through my love for children's ministry, was serving at a local church uh, in an interim role. They just needed someone to come help for a little while, which we all know kind of how that works. Uh, three years later, I was like, no, really, I can't continue to do this. I'm going to die. <laughs> but um in that, I found a lot of parents asking some really basic theological questions of like, mm-hmm. how do I explain the Trinity to my kid? How do I help them understand what it means to be saved? How do I not scare my kid to death when I use the term asking Jesus into your heart and they think I'm talking about heart surgery? What do I do? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was fielding all of these questions and just really noticed a deficit that needed to be to be answered, uh, that these these women needed some theological training. They needed some basics. They had been in the church their whole life. They knew all of the Bible stories, but they didn't really know how they connected or what it meant, you know, how to explain these things to another mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this study actually began out of my local church. And so I taught it, um, honestly taught it as I wrote it, which I do not recommend. Um, it's like, I will get you your homework for next week after I write your homework <laughs> for next week. Um, but really just was seeking to meet meet a very real need that I saw. And so um, ended up teaching it a couple more times within my church and just seeing women really grasp the truth of the gospel and and sometimes for the first time or grasp the truth of of the gravity of that that the Trinity is is that God is is one in three, but that the Holy Spirit lives within us, that we are united with Christ, that we have access to the Father, all of these truths that really 
you know, they determine what our days look like. Mm, yeah. And so yeah. I'm a big believer that like what you believe is what is going to show its head every time you make a decision. It's going to show its head when you make big decisions about jobs and where to live and what to do and how to parent. But it's also those small decisions. And the laughable one that I often share uh, is that it even matters in those moments when you're talking about what to eat for breakfast. Because when you choose what to eat for breakfast, you're determining what do I believe is true about my body and about how mm. God has made it to be nourished and about how God has created food and, and what the purposes of these things are. And so, uh, yeah, wrote the study out of out of a love for the women in my church and a desire for them to be making decisions out of gospel truths, out of biblical truths, mm-hmm. rather than what they just assumed to be, to be true because they had grown up in the church. Yeah. Okay. So good. Because so much of what you're saying I see in my own women in my church, um, even as I go and travel and speak, that yeah. there is this disconnect of almost just like these standard stories that we kind of, you know, flannel board Jesus, like we taught yes. in stories, but then for that to somehow in the Old Testament to connect to Jesus, like why Jesus matters, you know? And and so I love how you're trying to trace that line for everyone and you're trying to really kind of condense it down. Um, and I've got my copy of Everyday oh, Theology in my hands right now. So you are going over things like scripture and God and the Holy Spirit and humanity and the church, and you even delve into the end times. And yes. so this is an eight-week study My question to you is, you know, for those of us that have maybe been to seminary or have tried to kind of bust into systematic theology or biblical theology, you know, that's a giant book. That's like an Erickson or a Geiger. Um, And this is pretty manageable, I think. It's not super overwhelming, so good job. So walk me through what it looked like to really kind of condense it down to the basic nuggets of what you've got in this study. Because I would imagine as you're going to write this thing, it's like, what what do I leave out? What do I put in? Like, what did that look like? And how did did you choose which doctrines you were really going to face? Yeah, that is a great question and one that was quite a journey. Mm. Um, so honestly, this study, uh, it's already had kind of a life of its own. So over the last two or three years, I mean, it's it's been edited and edited and edited. Um, <laughs> but I... You know, I took a look at, um, I, I too have a seminary background, just graduated from Southern not too Woo-hoo! long ago. Yes, Woo-hoo! very proud of Can, you. Can like read things that aren't on a syllabus anymore. It's just the best. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I think I just went through a lot of these systematic books that you're talking about. Now, I was that kid, um, and it, it hurts me a little bit to say this out loud, but I was the kid whose youth minister gave her a copy of Grudem's Systematic Theology at 14. Yeah. And I read good. it from cover to cover. <laughs> and he was like, ah, that's not actually like how we use these types of books. They're called <laughs> reference books for a reason. Uh, but I just loved God's word. I loved seeing like the scarlet threads that kind of run throughout. I loved trying to understand like what is God telling us about who he is, about who the Holy Spirit is, about who, um, you know, what he is doing in the world. And so um, these were things that I just went through and and we did use uh, the traditional systematic theology uh, categories. And so you've kind of already listed those scripture, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, man, redemption, church, and end times. And so each week, um, we're covering one of those categories. 
And so what we tried to do is really look and say, what are the most vital truths that every Christian should believe? Mm -hmm. And so we went through and really wrote to that direction. And I say we as if there uh, are a couple of people standing in the room with me. There are not, but there are a lot of people who have had their hands in this project. There are dozens of women who have walked through this with me and helped me. Uh, There are editors. There are people who have read for theological reviews. So this has really been uh, a group project, Mm -hmm. to say the least. Now, Mm -hmm. my name is on the front, but there are a lot of people whose shoulders I am standing on. Um, And so there were so many people who were helping me kind of shape this. And and that's something I would say, too, is that we shouldn't do theology alone, uh, that we should be interpreting Scripture through the lens of, of what people have historically said about it, of, of what contemporary scholars are saying about it, that we're having these conversations, not in a vacuum with ourselves, but with other people who are living and breathing and trying to walk out the truths of the gospel as well. Um, but that, that was a huge thing for me. And so I guess some would call it like focus groups, although we didn't really do focus groups. I did ask for a lot of help along the way. And then we just really sat down and said, what are the most essential doctrines for each of these. And then, of course, like at the end, so there is always more to be said than can be said in an eight-week study. Sure. Uh, this is not um, the end-all, be-all resource of systematic theology. Uh, and I would say that every scholar who has written on systematic theology would say the same, mm-hmm. that they would say, there are lots of scholars talking about these things. There are gray areas that we um, are using our best knowledge, our best, you know, the best bet at interpreting it. But we can also say there are things that we just don't understand that are beyond our comprehension that we're still trying to to discover. And so, um, yeah, this this resource, I hope, will really help women. But at the same time, I don't want it to be the only time that they they think about these things. I want this to be a jumping off place as they dive into some of these systematic books or uh, my personal favorite and what I think is one of the most accessible is Greg Allison's 50 Core Truths for the Christian Faith. Um, It is excellently done and so helpful. And it was really a great guide in determining, okay, which doctrine needs to stay in, um, in this particular study study as well. I love that. Another thing that I love and when I was kind of overlooking it and everything is that it's intended for a group study. So I love how you're already pointing out like do theology together. That is part of why we have one another and iron sharpens iron and being able to kind of stay the line, um, those kind of things. And so you wrote this in in efforts for women and and men, I would assume to anybody to be able to come together to study it together. And then it has these discussion questions. So tell me a little bit about what was your hope and what are you hoping for as they gather together and kind of dig into these doctrines and then walk through these questions and just the format of how you've really kind of, it's not just, okay, sit and get smart. Um, it's kind of what I'm pushing at. So what is your hope in that? Absolutely. Well, and I would say that theology, the goal of theology is not just knowledge. Mm. Um, if our 
goal for theology is knowledge, then we are going to live very twisted lives that are really worshiping ourselves. Uh, we'll worship our own knowledge rather than we'll, the God who who has given it to us. And so the goal of theology is always worship. And so that's something I tried to keep at the helm constantly is that we want to know more about God. We want to know him really intimately, but we want that knowledge to point us to worship the one true God who, who created us, who knows us, and who ultimately set out this doctrine for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, I think that has been the goal all along. And and in these groups, we want them to be able to worship together. We want uh, them to be, you know, uh, each day has a scripture memory verse. And so really the goal is not to be um, oppressive and like trying to make people memorize, because maybe memorizing just isn't your thing, but to really allow scripture to dwell deeply within you so that you're meditating on it, you're thinking about it. Uh, we've equipped people to download. There's a free set of cards they can download. They can keep them in their car. They can keep them in their purse to keep God's word in front of them. And so the goal would be that someone would walk through the the study throughout the week and then would meet with a group and be able to talk about the doctrines that they had discovered over the week. Hmm. It's an okay. opportunity for them to ask questions. Um, and when I taught this, I will tell you, there are always, it, it can feel very intimidating to say, I'm going to lead a study on theology. Mm-hmm. And so I want to just give a word of encouragement to the teachers in the room, because uh, I felt this pressure absolutely did, is that like, you don't have to have all of the answers. Uh, you just need to know where to point people for great resources to find those. And so for us, the last uh, the last Wednesday night, we did it on Wednesday nights with our women. The last Wednesday night, I would invite our pastor to come, and he would field any of the questions that I couldn't answer. I would keep a running list, uh, and he would just come in and help and point people to resources as well. And so it was always really encouraging to be able to say, we're doing this together we're seeking to learn this doctrine together. I want you to develop what you believe scripture says is true and what we know uh, historically we've all stood on since the advent of the church. Uh, but we also want to talk through those gray areas. Uh, something else that's special, I think, about this study is that uh, there was just so many things I felt like I wanted to cover just historically and like <laughs> contemporary items that I felt like needed to be addressed. And so at the end of each week, Week, there's a handful of articles that just kind of go a little deeper. And so you might find in like the week about God, some details about the Trinity and historically, like what councils have determined about the, uh, the Trinity and just um, how those can be applied to our lives and, and what it needs to look like for us to believe rightly about God and and so uh, those the, the fun thing about that is that a reader can choose to read them or they can skip them and that this mm. is a study I hope they'll keep on their shelf. And when they have questions about things can go and pull it back out and say, OK, here's where we talked about this or, you know what, there is a great resource list in the back and they can say who is way smarter than Mary that probably has something to say about this and they can find a resource on that <laughs> list. I love that. I did. I was um, looking through and I loved how there's more information. So um, you're able to just really dig into the different areas, you know, and so it may not be that you necessarily like geek out on humanity, you know, but Absolutely. being able to like study the Trinity and really figure out like, what does that mean? You know, and what does that look like? And just pulling all of the verses and, and content that are with that. And so I love that you've offered in each chapter just more and more information to where, yes, keep going, keep trying, you know 
know, like keep digging. So I I love that aspect of your book. So I'm really curious, especially maybe in that first meeting, that first group of ladies that you decided, okay, this is a need. This is a need that I see. Um, So let's tackle it. What have you experienced, I guess, with women kind of coming at you? Like, have they said, well, theology is just too much, you know, like that's too yeah. heady or that's too, you know, like we just need to have faith. I know I've heard this so, um, with just women in my Absolutely. life. And so they kind of come almost, I think it's based out of fear, you know, and just yeah. not being able to know all the things. Um, But just this idea of, I don't need to know all of that. I have faith. I have my Bible. I come to church. So can you kind of change? challenge that a little bit and give an answer to why women need theology? Like, why do they need to to dig deeper? Yeah, I think uh, my answer to that would just be, but what's your faith in? Yes, Mm. you have faith, but if your faith is misplaced and it's in a God that is not the God of the Bible, then, then... Salvation, I mean, salvation is dependent upon it. Like our lives literally depend on believing the truths of Scripture and living in them. Um, and yes, we we have to have faith because there are a lot of gray areas. There are a lot of things that we don't understand. Uh, and as I want to temper that to say, I don't say that to scare people who are like, I don't know enough. I might not be a Christian. That is absolutely not mm-hmm. my intention. Yeah. Uh, my intention instead is like, we should know the God we serve. We should uh, know him so that we can worship him rightly. And so uh, that we can identify false teaching and, uh, and, and theology, although it sounds like a really fancy word, it actually just means the study of God, theo, right. God, right. Ology, which is, you know, a suffix that we should all be pretty familiar with, which just means the study of. And so we're just talking about God, what he's doing, what he's done, what he's going to do. Uh, and, and what he says about his creation, the world or, or humanity. Um, and so we want to know what the scriptures actually say about him so that we can rightly understand him. We can rightly live in a way that honors him. I, I think about, uh, it can be a really hard conversation. I think about, I have a family member who, uh, not too long ago said, but, but surely, surely God will save those who believe something else earnestly. You know, the Muslim who believes earnestly. Um, and and the really hard truth is that Jesus says, I'm the way. There's no other way to the Father. Uh, and that, that we must know him so that we can we can be made right with God. And so uh, I think theology absolutely is important because of that. But it also uh, just it's important to remember that we all are operating out of some theology, uh, that yeah. we all have beliefs about God that we are operating out of. And, and whether that God looks like us or looks like the God of the Bible is going to be determined, but determined by, you know, what we think about him, what we know about him. And so it's, it can be very easy to design God in our own image or to design God in the image of, of our father and to think of God as father being something really scary. Maybe, um, you know, if a relationship has been difficult, that can be a hard to manage truth. But when you see what God the father looks like and does in scripture, then it frames up that truth in a way that, uh, that the world can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I love everything that you said in that um, because I think we are, you know, I'm in systematic right now. So, yeah. so much of this is my life and what I'm studying. Um, but he says, you do theology, you know, like whether you want to say that you are doing theology or not, yes. you are doing theology. You are operating in a belief system. And I think one of the fun things getting to be in my seat as a women's minister and leader and um, just getting to see women go from that transformation of I don't need this or this is too mm, academic, yeah. this is too over my head to, I want more. Um, so have you seen some of that maybe in the women that you led before and then even in those groups that have kind of helped you tweak the study up until this point? Tell me a little bit about the transformation of what you've seen in women to where they've really gotten hold of what it means to study God, to know God, and for God to change them. Absolutely. I'll tell you a story about a dear friend who walked through this study. She's actually been through this study three times now with me. Uh, she, I joke all the time and tell her she is uh, the biggest, the biggest student, the most, um, the most committed student to this study. I gave her the first one off the printer. I was like, I feel like you have more invested in this than I do. Um, <laughs> but cool. you know, she has developed a deep love for God's word um, and is actually walking through systematically, uh, walking through scripture with a friend who's a non-believer now. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and the study really gave her the confidence to think, I can have these conversations with people who believe differently than me. Um, I can explain what I believe. I can live out what this looks like. Uh, she has children as well and has talked about how like she's able to share with them now and, and answer their questions when they have them. And, and so that probably has been one of the sweetest stories, but um, I have seen so many women just fall in love with God's word mm. and say, like, I want to know the God who I serve and and I want to serve him faithfully. And I want to know, uh, and, and, you know, serving him faithfully really means that I need to know what he says. Yeah. Uh, and that has been, I will tell you, like, that is the sweetest honor and reward to be able to pull up a chair next to people as they spend time with the Lord. Uh, there is nothing like it. Uh, mm -hmm. There is nothing more humbling and, and nothing more exciting to hear that God is doing things uh, through this study. Yeah, I agree. I think I've gotten to be able to see that as well in my own women. And I think even just challenging them and I'm sure it was a lot of the same heartbeat and your need and your desire to write this because I was watching women um, really come up against hard things in life and yeah. their theology that maybe had been passed down to them or that had been created in their heads. I don't know. Um, but hard things would happen and the cliche God is good all the time, all the time God is good, um, yeah. was not efficient. You know, it did not sustain them and they didn't know anything past that. And so what a beautiful transformation to be able to offer that to women and then also see how God literally, like he means it when he says that the word of God is living and active uh, and that yes. it is changing people and it is cutting people to the core and revealing himself in humanity. And so I just love that you have like, it's beautiful too. Like it's such a attractive, like yeah. it's got symbols. So if you're an A-type or an Enneagram 3 where you're like, yes, I can totally follow this. Um, it's such a great looking study as well as just content. I'm so excited to see what God does with women opening their Bibles around another group of friends of um, small groups and Sunday schools and for them to dig into what it means to believe in the God of the universe. So I'm just Thank so proud you. of you, friend. I'm excited to see what God does with this. Me too. Me too. It's an honor. Um, 
also, you know, you have those moments where you're like, is this really my life? Um, <laughs> because I- I'll tell you, I mean, I have been changed by this mm, study. And so awesome. I do want people to hear me say, I do not have all the answers, but I hope that I can take you on a journey that, that makes you want to be more like Jesus. Mm, yes. And that's what it is. It's very much a journey. Well, we are running out of time and I kind of want to pick your leadership brain here yeah. in the last couple minutes. Um, so you have grown up in church. You're an SBC gal. Were you a GA? That's a big Oh, question. of course I okay, was. Perfect. And an acting. Okay. Yep. Me too. So you're, it's in, it's in the blood. It's in oh, the veins. Yeah. Um, and then serving at camp and then Lifeway and now writing a Bible study. So um, just getting to see God work and move in your life. And then even as you serve now, you're a seminary grad and you're launching your first Bible study. Um, I'm curious, what is kind of like a leadership nugget or just some truths that have really helped you along the way? Um, maybe in seasons of discouragement or, you know, you're trying to figure out what do I do? Like what what door do I walk through next that God has? Um, so how would you encourage the the leaders that are listening today as they journey with the Lord? Absolutely. I will tell you, I have just found that trusting him is like an everyday wake up in the morning and take one step. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a planner and I'm a th- Enneagram three. Like I want to know what's going to happen. I want to know all the plans. And I, you know, I have five year plans and 10 year plans and 50 year <laughs> plans there. It's all over the place. But in, in the end, I've realized that like until God releases me from an assignment, I'm, I'm going to need to faithfully work that ground, cultivate the ground that he's given me right where I am. And so mm-hmm. whether that means, you know, serving within the local church and doing so faithfully or, or in my job and doing so faithfully and not looking up to try to find other opportunities or to strive towards something more. Uh, but when opportunities do come to really sit down and uh, spend some time with the Lord again and say, okay, what is the right step? Um, mm-hmm. I walked through some transitions not too long ago and uh, just really had to ask him for peace and and ended up landing in a decision that I didn't expect. I didn't think it would be the one that I chose. And, uh, and yet the Lord just continually confirmed that. Um, and, and I think the biggest thing within kind of that situation has been seeking the counsel of wise people. Yeah. Uh, even on the team that I lead at Lifeway, um, I am consistently seeking to be engaged in their life, but also to hear from them. Uh, God has given me and, and any leader who's listening, God has given you people that are surrounding you for a reason. And, mm-hmm. and we, you know, even when we see uh, when Moses and uh, when Aaron uh, is holding up, and, and the people of Israel are holding up his arms to, to fight the battle. I, I see that in my everyday life. I see that I need the counsel of others. I need to be lifted up by others. And so if I had one leadership tidbit, it would be look around you, uh, mm-hmm. make sure not to discount the discount those who uh, may be of a lower level on whatever hierarchy you live in. Uh, but because everyone, God is, God is working mightily in the lives of everyone of all those around you and that he wants to move. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it's been listening and uh, seeking counsel, you know, time after time, raising up leaders around me who I can listen to, to, to determine what the next step should be. 
I think that's some solid advice right there. And it really kind of goes counter to, I think, what a lot of leaders feel in loneliness and feeling Absolutely. like they're all alone. And so um, one, that's a lie from Satan. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, just and he wants to he isolate try- us. Yeah, yeah. Like he's trying to kind of like pigeonhole us. But I think there is so much wisdom in finding mentors, finding other people that serve alongside you, that help make what you do like possible. And so absolutely, um, it goes back to, I think what you had talked about earlier, that God created us for community. He created mm-hmm. us yeah. for relationship. And so we're all on this leadership journey together, which a part of why I love this network and I love this podcast and just that constant reminder of you are not alone in the trenches and to find your people and to go run the race for the kingdom. So, um, yeah. so such good advice. I appreciate that so much, Mary. So, well, thank you for joining us today. Can you tell us really quickly, if somebody wants to get a hold of this beautiful Bible study, where should sure. they go and how should they connect with you? Absolutely. So uh, the Bible study is available pretty much anywhere books are sold at Lifeway.com, Amazon, Christian Book, uh, Target Online, Barnes and Noble, all of the all of the normal book locations. And then I would love to connect with anyone uh, who is listening. And that is at Mary C. Wiley on any social platform. Well, Mary, thank you so much for spending some time on your Monday with me yes. and getting to share your story. And we are cheering you on in your new launch and can't wait to see what God is going to do. And for everybody that's listening, we want to thank you for taking time out to listen to the stories of women in the SBC that are leading and serving across the planet. And I hope that you will join us next week for another episode of At the Table. Have a great one. You have been listening to At the Table, the podcast for the SBC Women's Leadership Network. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on iTunes and share this with your friends and other women in the SBC. They'd also love to connect online with you at sbcwomen.net for more resources and for you to join the conversation with women all across the globe who are serving in kingdom mission. Thanks for listening.